I remember my dad always saying that, like, nothing in life is free. <laughs> nothing in life is free. Meaning everything is going to come with a cost. Whether that is, um, you know, someone offers you something and then later on they're looking for a favor or um, you uh, want to take advantage of a, a service or a product and then later on you realize that you're being charged for that or there's a line item for that, right? Nothing in life is free, right? <laughs> Whether you're doing business with an airline or going to get your nails done or trying to buy groceries at the farmer's market, nothing in life is free. Everything in life and business comes at a cost. And one of the things that I consistently remind my students of is the fact that every every cost, right, um, if it is going to move you in towards the direction of what you're actually hoping to achieve, right, assuming that the cost is going to move you forward, that then is not, it's not just a standard cost, that's an investment, right? And in your life and in your business, both, right, Investments come in two ways. They look like one of two things. You will either invest with your time or you're going to invest with your money. Welcome to the Hennapreneur Podcast, the exclusive podcast of its kind, dedicated to giving you an honest look at the realities of making a living as a henna professional. I'm your host, Chelsea Stevenson, a tea-loving, shoe-collecting mother of three in constant search for the most poppin' pair of earrings and the perfect shade of red lipstick. I'm also a professional henna artist and business strategist who went from barely being able to piece together a fluid design to being the owner of the most celebrated henna boutique in my city. I'm on a mission to help henna professionals to harness their skills and grow vibrant, profitable businesses that they absolutely love. If you want to make more money with your art, you are definitely in the right place. Let's get to it. Hey, hey, Hennapreneurs, welcome back to another episode of the Hennapreneur Podcast. Today, I want to talk to you about something that you probably are not going to like to hear, to be honest. I want to talk to you about where you're costing yourself money and time and growth and probably don't even realize it. Okay, so before I get into my rant for today, which I know that y'all are going to love, first, let me go ahead and set the stage, okay? So you, all, you know when you're growing up and there's this saying, I don't know, maybe you've heard this growing up or not, who knows. For me, this is something that came up oftentimes, is that reminder that nothing in life is free. I remember my dad always saying that, like, nothing in life is free. <laughs> nothing in life is free. Meaning everything is going to come with a cost. Whether that is, um, you know, someone offers you something and then later on they're looking for a favor or um, you uh, want to take advantage of a, a service or a product and then later on you realize that you're being charged for that or there's a line item for that, right? Nothing in life is free, right? <laughs> Whether you're doing business with an airline or going to get your nails done or trying to buy groceries at the farmer's market, nothing in life is free. Everything in life and business comes at a cost. And one of the things that I consistently remind my students of is the fact that every every cost, right, um, if it is going to move you in towards the direction of what you're actually hoping to achieve, right, assuming that the cost is going to move you forward, that then is not, it's not just a standard cost, that's an investment, right? And in your life and in your business, both, right, Investments come in two ways. They look like one of two things. You will either invest with your time or you're going to invest with your money, 
right? So typically when we um, invest with our time, that's when the, you know, the expense of it all, the dollar and, and cents, if you will, expense of it all tends to be on the lower side because you're going to, for example, you want to learn a new skill, you want to try something new, you want to um, pick up a new hobby, whatever. You're going to invest the time to sifting through tutorials. How do you do that? Reading online, listening to podcasts, right? Doing the things that um, are going to give you information, but it's going to require your, it's going to require your time and attention. You're going to have to um, not only absorb that information, but then you also have to filter it through a lens of, well, is this, you know, is this a reputable source? Is this actually valid information to begin with? Am I about to sign myself up for something? Um, not really having a clear idea of um, whether or not this, this works, right? Like there, there's a lot of vetting that takes place when we're doing things the time way. And unfortunately, because we don't have the experience uh, around that particular thing, which is why we're looking to learn it, right? That's the premise. We couldn't know it anyway, right? So because we don't have the know-how, we don't have the knowledge, we don't have the experience, we don't have the perspective to really truly vet things, oftentimes the time that we are required to invest is actually doubled, if not tripled, if not more, because not only are we experiencing the vetting of the process as per whatever are these resources that we found, we then also have the risk of that trial and error. So when we find that, you know, oh, actually this didn't work, it didn't go according to plan or um, actually I needed to use this rather than that or this technique was off I got to try it a different way well now you have to kind of start the process over again right and so that's uh, I mean it, it, that like, can set you up for a very precarious um, experience and it can certainly cost you your time right? So when you choose to invest with time, that also may cost you time on the back end. Whereas when we choose to invest with money, the experience is a little bit different. Oftentimes when we're investing with our actual dollars and cents, right? There is where um, you are fast-tracked. You don't have to do all of the vetting. You don't have to do all of the um, uh, preparation. You don't have to do all of the looking for whether this is or that is correct. And no, you just, you you hand over your investment and, and you in you making that exchange, you then receive things that are ready for you. They're prepared for you. They're all set. All you have to do is implement or all you have to do is apply, right? You get everything kind of handed to you on a silver platter and you don't have to do the sifting and you don't have to do um, the trial and error. You get to scale that. And so when we invest with money, that's where we really are fast-tracked, right, um, towards what our end goal is. But this is the thing. There's a time and place for both of this. This is actually not me um, knocking either way or even truly supporting either way. Um, there are times in our life and in our businesses where it's appropriate to invest with time or where it's more appropriate to invest with money. And that's going to be dependent very much on our personal circumstances, our value systems, um, the way that we process and, and perceive the world around us and so forth, right? So we can make space for these both. But this is the thing. This is where I start to get a little bit escalated, right? <laughs> it's when I hear things like, I can't afford it. I can't afford it. I don't. And when people say this, it's not even necessarily from a place of, I can't afford it from a financial perspective. This oftentimes will come up and it will be something like, I don't have time for. I don't have time for. And what you're essentially telling me is, I'm bankrupt with my time. I can't afford to spend my time doing that. I can't afford to insert thing here, right? And let me tell you, friends, this burns my southern biscuits. 
okay? This idea of I can't afford it. Because what does that say? When we really, really look at what we're saying when we use that sort of language, it comes down to this space of scarcity. I can't afford it. If I use my time on this, I'm not going to have enough time for that. If I use my money on this, I'm not going to have enough money for that. And what we're saying, what we're speaking actually comes from a place of lack. And what it, what we are putting out then um, in through our words and through our behaviors is that I must hoard, <laughs> I must hoard, or I must cling to the resources that I have right now. And I... In doing that, I will refuse to relinquish some of those resources so that I can put them to work for me. That, friends, is a more abundant mindset. That, friends, is a different perspective. When we consider investment, and that's why I say cost and investment, they're not always the same, right? An investment is going to move you forward. So if you're making an investment of your time or if you're making an investment of your energy, of your money, um, of your capacity, right, then you are expecting a return and a positive return, one that's going to place you closer to your goals and closer to those outcomes that you're hoping to, to achieve. So how is it then, friends, that we can say that we wish for our Selves to experience X, Y, or Z. We want to um, have a healthy relationship. We want to have a, a, a robust client list. We want to be making enough money to be able to take our family on vacation. We want to pay the bills with our henna. We want to have a business that's recognized in our area. We want to yada, 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 yada. All of us have these wants. And let me tell you what, this is a little bit of tough love. Everybody says that they want it. Very few people will be willing to make the investments necessary to actually get it. And this does come down to, uh, in part, some of this is personality, some of this is ambition, some of this is um, our willingness to trust ourselves and trust the process and trust in our ability to actually have success. I don't know about you, but uh, many of us fear uh, success more than we feel fear failure. I'm one of those people, so I can say that um, definitively. It is such a challenge. But slash and if we are going to be honest with ourselves and if we're going to be um, open with ourselves about our own wanting for more, then we have to also be open and willing to making investments when and where appropriate to include with our time, with our energy, with our efforts, and yes, with our money as well. We cannot operate from the scarcity place because in doing so, we limit ourselves to our current situation. If I were to say, I refuse to, um, I refuse to invest my time or I refuse to invest my money or my effort or my energy or what have you so that it can give me a return, I'm going to hold it all right here. I'm going to hold it, cling it to my chest, and I'm not going to let it go. I am literally contracting. I'm quite literally um, requiring of myself to remain in this one singular position. And you know what waits for us there, friends? Complacency. And you know what comes after complacency? Regret. <laughs> It's absolutely the worst. It's the worst. But we do this. We get in our own ways because we refuse at times to be open to the idea that in actually relinquishing control, in giving something up, in putting something forward, we are allowing it to get to work for us, to be put to work for us so that it can yield us a return. And that return is the abundance that we're looking for. The return is, listen, okay, let's, let's run through a couple examples, if you will, right? 
If you put in the energy, the emotional energy, the emotional capacity to be vulnerable with a partner, for example, what do you get back in return? That vulnerability, right? That openness, that willingness to show up, that's going to yield to you what? A healthy relationship, a more healthy dynamic, right? Understanding, compassion. If you put time, right? You decide to dedicate time into your craft, practicing your craft. What is that going to yield you? It's going to give you a return, right? The return may be an improved, you know, improved technical skill, an improved signature style, improvement in just in terms of the way that you, uh, your speed, the way that you work with your clients, your ability to service your guests, right? From a business perspective, when you choose to make an investment with a business coach, you come to work with, with someone like me, right? You come to work with Hennapreneur. You make that financial investment, and what do you get in return? You get all of the guidance that you need. You get the resources that you need. You get the templates that you need. You get the contracts. You get the website. You get the support. You get the answers to your questions, right? You get the strategies, those things that you were lacking before, and now you have them all ready for you, and you get to put them to use so that they can yield you the return that you're looking for. Friends, there's something that's called opportunity cost. And this is the other piece. This is the other piece. Opportunity cost is essentially when you miss out on something because you choose something else. <laughs> okay? And so while we are living in uh, oftentimes this, um, this experience of scarcity, this, this fear of scarcity, and we're living in this uh, feeling that we must uh, constrict, retract, um, stay small, that we cannot let go, that we cannot expand, um, that we cannot invest, right? When we live in that space, what we're choosing is the status quo. We choose what we know right now. We choose what we're comfortable with, what we're familiar with. And in doing that, we're also choosing to ignore, reject, bypass even the opportunities that would have existed for us had we taken the step forward and chosen to be more open. So for example, while you are being very cautious and hesitant about learning how to market your henna business, there is a corporate client right now who's looking for someone who they can hire to come and service a number of events for their employees or for their, you know, for their for their client base. And they're sitting on that contract just looking for the right artist and you are not in their search you're not in their search, you're not showing up because you've been so, you know, held by this this idea that you can't you can't make the investment to learn how to market. Or you can't make the and you can't make the um, the investment of your vulnerability to be visible in the public space about your art, right? You are missing out on opportunities because you're scared. You're missing out on opportunities because you're refusing yourself. You're refusing yourself the privilege, honor, even of allowing yourself to be seen by the world, friends. Opportunity cost is one of the most sad um, losses, I could call that even. It's one of the most sad uh, experiences that you can have is when you really begin to assess what your opportunity cost is. Because these are costs that pass you by that you don't even realize. And it's only once you actually begin to do the work and actually begin to move forward that you'll look back and you'll be like, oh my God, I missed that. I missed this. I could have done that. I could have done this. And what did I say about regret? Friends, 
that's what waits for us on the opposite side. We don't want that, right? I don't want that for you. I don't want that for myself. I definitely don't want it for my students, right? And this is part of why with my students, I consistently push them to move forward, move forward, do the work, right? Even when it's not perfect, having the work done is better than it being perfect because guess what? Perfect doesn't exist. Perfection is a goalpost, a goalpost that is constantly, constantly moving, right? Because as you approach the goalpost, you become more informed also of what's missing, of what can make this better, of how you can improve this. We are creatives. It is in our nature. <laughs> it's in our nature to look at things and find ways that we can make it better. It's part of who we are, right? And so if you're seeking out perfection, oh my gosh, good luck. <laughs> Good luck, because as soon as you think that you've reached it, you'll realize, oh, I could add this. I could take this out. I could do this differently. I could do this better. And that's why I, I, don't allow, I don't allow my students when they come to work with me. I don't allow them to get caught up and stuck in one place. No, we need to progress. Move through the program. <laughs> Move through the lessons. Move to the next thing. Why? Because in doing that, in action, you'll find clarity. And in that clarity, you'll also come to realize, wow, there is opportunity out here that I can take advantage of right here, right now, as I am. I don't have to be someone else. I don't have to be better. I don't have to be the version of me that exists six months from now, a year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now. I can have success right here, right now. I'll give you guys a little bit of a, a personal anecdote. When I first started with Henna, I was not very good. If you know my story, you know I started Henna from a place of necessity, not because I love the art. I started with Henna because I needed to pay the bills, not because I actually cared <laughs> about art. This was something that I did for myself. Henna was something that I did for my own self-care, and I wanted uh, a means, right, a means to be able to put food on the table for myself and for my son. And in, in um, exploring Henna as an option, I came to find to love it. But that's not how it started. But let me tell you something really interesting. Because I approached my business with that energy, I needed it to pay the bills, period. I also was willing to make investment. I made the, even the smallest investments, which now I look back and wow, $20 for business cards, that's not a big deal. Back then, that was everything. Back then, that was everything. When I tell you that I would go to the grocery store and find things for a dollar or less so that I can make sure that we were fed, $20 meant something to me. So to have that, you know, that little bit of money and invest it into my business, that was something. My first tent, my first festival tent, I found it on clearance at uh, like a big box store for like 70 bucks. And let me tell you what, it took me time standing in that aisle to make the decision, to make the commitment to purchase that festival tent, right? F flimsy as it was, <laughs> imperfect as it was, I knew that I had to make the investment because if I didn't, I would miss out on the event. I would miss out on my first festival. I would miss out on the opportunity. And let me tell you what, that first festival, that was the first time I saw four figures in my hand in cash. I'd never seen that money before like that, right? But can you imagine, what if I talked myself out of that? What if I talk myself out of the tent? What if I talk myself out of the business cards? What if I talk myself out of um, allowing, uh, you know, allowing others to choose to come to me to get their henna done? Friends, I was not skilled. The art that you see me producing now is not the art that I was producing back then. If you've been around the hennapreneur community at all, you've seen some of my old work. 
The pace was choppy. The line work was trash. The composition was just, whoo, I'm telling you, friends. It was nothing to look up to. And also, I came out of the gate swinging $75 per hour. I needed to make that $75 per hour because if I didn't, it was going to cost me. And you know what? People paid. People paid. They paid because I was willing to put myself in their faces and say, yes, I can do this for you. And this is where I'm challenging you, entrepreneurs. How many opportunities are you missing on because you're so afraid that you're imperfect? How many opportunities are you missing out on because you're so afraid to make the investment to learn the thing that's gonna place you ahead of your market? I hear this so often, well, how can I stand out? I wanna stand out from my, from my um, competitors. I wanna book more clients. I wanna make more money. I don't know how to, I cannot tell you every single day, friends, every single day, I receive emails on my platform or I receive DMs of people asking, can you tell me how to make more? Can you tell me how to bring more clients? How do I get more bookings? Well, I have to ask then, what are you doing? Like, in what ways are you investing to make that be a thing? <laughs> Right? How much time are you willing to dedicate to learning marketing? How much time are you willing to dedicate to content creation? How much time are you willing to dedicate to actually showing up? Right? And if you don't have all of the time to do those things, because let me tell you what, marketing is a science, <laughs> right? Marketing is a science. There's psychology behind it. Buyer psychology is a thing. Sales psychology is a thing. There are reasons why people go to these, you know, these degrees, these MBAs, right? These masters of business, these programs. There's a reason why people invest in education in this one singular skill set. And let me tell you what, as a entrepreneur, knowing how to market your business is still only a fraction of a much bigger pie. There is so much for you to know and for you to learn. And in what ways are you costing yourself opportunity because you refuse to make the investment, whether with your time, with your effort, with your energy, or with your money, in order to learn the things that are going to actually move you to the next place where you want to be? Listen, I told y'all I was going to be preaching today. This riles me up. Coming back to this belief, you know, so many people, everyone says they want it. Everyone has dreams, right? There are few and far apart those people who are like, no, I actually have zero aspirations. I'm just here. <laughs> you know, if you're listening to this podcast, you're not one of those people. <laughs> you know, if you're here, if you're listening to me now, you're one of the people who's looking forward and saying, I want to progress. I want to do more. I want to build. Well, if you're going to do that building, if you're going to say that you want it, welcome to the club. So is everyone else who's listening. So is your competitor down the street. So are the other members of the entrepreneur community. So are so many other people. But let me tell you what's interesting. Only about 2% of the people who even hear the message, only 2% of the people who can acknowledge and are willing to be brave enough, valiant enough, vulnerable enough to say, hey, that's me. I have this big ass dream and I want to do it. Only 2% of the people will actually put in the work. And if you consider that, friends, if only 2% of the people are going to be willing to do the work, how much opportunity is out there that you are bypassing by not raising your hand to say, it's me. I can do this. I will do this. I'm available. I want to learn. I'm ready. And make the investment in yourself. Opportunity cost is one of the most sad costs that we can experience. And it's one of those costs that oftentimes we only experience because we're getting in our own fucking way. And I'm so, 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 so heartbroken every single time 
I hear things like this from a entrepreneur because I know and I believe that each and every one of you, if you're listening to this, friend, <laughs> I believe that you are not only capable, but also that you are deserving of securing the bag, securing those big audacious goals that you have. I believe that you are deserving of the life that you desire. And when I hear things like, I don't have time, I don't have time to practice, I can't afford this, I just, it it does nothing but just break my heart, honestly, honestly. Because what it says to me is, I don't trust that I can do it. I don't trust that I'm good enough. I don't trust that the return is coming. And I don't trust that I'm deserving of experiencing better. Listen, I share that and I say that with no judgment. It's not even from a place of judgment. I say that with, from a place of humility, truly, because I've been there and I know what that's like. I do. And also, friends... What's interesting about changing our circumstances is that it does require for us to get very uncomfortable. There's a reason why I talk to you about being comfortable over and over and over and over again. And that's friends because I want to see us do better. I want to see more of us supporting our families, making reasonable livelihoods, thriving, flourishing with our art. And that's because I also understand it's not just our art. The work that we do as entrepreneurs is not just the art that we're putting on the skin of the public. We are uplifting our clients. We are improving the culture of our community, of our global society, right? Our shared experience. We are improving that by way of the experience that we allow when we sit down with our clients, the way that we hold space with them, the way that we listen to them, the way that we hold their their security, um, or we offer them security, we hold them in um, in their insecurities, perhaps. Have you ever sat down with a client who's wanting you to uh, complete a piece to do some, like some sort of cover-up on a flaw that they have in their body, for example? A quote-unquote flaw. They come in because they feel insecure about a thing, and they want you to cover it up so that they can feel better when they go out into the world. Have you ever considered what a privilege it is to be invited into someone's personal space and for them to tell you, hey, I've got this thing about me and actually it makes me feel really uncomfortable. It makes me feel really uncomfortable. And I'm going to expose it to you, a stranger, right? I don't know you from Adam. I I found you on Instagram. And I'm going to expose that to you. And I'm going to, you know, share this vulnerability with you. And I'm going to trust you to create something for me that's going to send me back out into the world feeling confident, feeling beautiful, feeling worthy. Friends, that work that we do, that value that we offer, that is the change that we need, right? Imagine a world where people felt more worthy. Imagine a world where people felt more seen, Imagine a world where people felt more whole, more supported, more fulfilled. We as entrepreneurs, we offer that by way of our service, right? But the service is a means to a greater end. So not only are we leaving the opportunity cost of the growth of our business, (laughs) right? The revenue we could be making, buying the new house, (laughs) taking our family on vacation, whatever that is for you, putting food on the table right? Like how it started for me. Not only are we walking away from those opportunities, there's also the opportunity cost. You, entrepreneur who cares about the world around us, there's an opportunity cost that you are leaving on the table and that is the impact 
that you are going to make on the lives of the people in the community around you because you're not willing to raise your hand and say, hey, I got you. You're not willing to make the investments necessary in order for you to serve them in the ways that they deserve to be served and in a way that only you can do. So, (sighs) I'm going to get down off of my soapbox. Y'all see, I'm preaching today. And that's because I really and truly care. I want us to walk away from this opportunity cost. I want us to get in the habit of making investment. I want you to look at where you're costing yourself time and money and growth and experience and where you're also denying the people who were looking for you the opportunity to get what they need because you're scared. And I want to invite you to instead make some assessments. Where can you invest further? Where can you invest more time? Where can you invest more energy? Where can you invest financially in yourself, your personal development, in your growth, in your business, so that you can make the impact that you know, (laughs) that you know you and only you can make on the world. If you're ready to make an investment in this sort of way, time, energy, financial investment, and so forth, and you'd like some guidance, reach out. That's what Hennepreneur is for. I literally have created this platform to provide you with all of the things that you need so that you can go and nail it, secure the bag, secure those big-ass goals that you have, right? And so that we can leave the world better than we found it as creatives, as Hennepreneurs, okay? If you're not already a member of the Hennepreneur community over on Facebook, I want to go ahead and invite you to come join us there. Um, you can uh, grab the link to the group here in the show notes or visit hennapreneur.com slash community. It'll put you right there in the group. When you come into the group, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions about where you're at in your business. Answer those questions. Put in your email address. When you do that, I will send you some goodies to help support you on where you're at in your journey right now because I want to help you. Um, I want to help you move forward. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. And in the community, I'd be interested to hear what opportunity costs you think you may be, um, you may be kind of, ah, you've been letting that go, right? You've been experiencing that. And also, I want to hear, I would love this if you do this, come into the community and tell me, <laughs> tell me one way that you're going to invest in yourself and your business after hearing this episode. What came up for you? Where can we find investment for you moving forward? All right? All right. I'll talk to y'all later. Bye for now. Hey friend, I just want to give you a quick thank you for tuning into this episode of the Hennapreneur podcast. And I hope that you're really enjoying connecting with me in this way. You can find links to all of the content shared today in the show notes located at hennapreneur.com slash podcast. If you enjoyed the show and would like to stay in the loop with Hennapreneur, be sure to subscribe to the podcast too. You'll get access to all of the new episodes and to surprise bonus episodes as well as soon as they're released. I'd be so grateful to you if you'd take a moment to rate and leave a review on Apple Podcasts as well. This helps me to reach more artists like you who would love and benefit from the show. For more ways to connect and work with me or to join me inside of the Hennapreneur community, pop over to hennapreneur.com. I can't wait to support you as you chase your big, audacious goals, one henna design at a time.